All right. So I already know that breaking up is hard, but breaking up with a client is so doggone hard. And I know not every business relationship is mutually beneficial or conducive to living a stress-free life, but breaking up with the client is hard. So I'm going to share when to know when it's time to break up with a client and how you can do it step-by-step without burning a bridge. You're listening to the Busy Biz Podcast, and I'm your host, Alexis C. Richardson. I built my five-figure business right out of college and while working a nine-to-five job. After five years in corporate and three years of building my business, I bet on myself and quit my job. It's time to build the business of your dreams, and we're going to do it together. If you're ready to build the business while balancing a nine-to-five, turn up the volume and let's do the work. You know, maybe it's the season that I'm in, but I really think that it's normal and healthy to break up with clients. All money isn't good money, and some clients just aren't worth the hassle. And sometimes a client is just never going to be satisfied, or maybe the client is an emotional drain. We all have our limits, and you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that a lot of the times, us as entrepreneurs, we have big hearts, right? So we want to make the situation work. We want the client to be happy. We want to get this great testimonial, but sometimes that's just not possible. So how do you decide when it's time to actually break up with a client? Well, for me, I know that there's pretty much only two steps that I take. Really, I normally don't even get past the first step, to be honest. But the first step that I take is I decide what my boundaries are. Everyone's boundaries are different and every client relationship is different. So you have to determine for yourself, what are some of the reasons or what are some qualifications for me that I will end a client relationship? Some of them can include, maybe it's not a fit personality wise, or maybe you're over accommodating to your client. And this can get very, very um, tricky tricky because you feel like it's okay when you're over accommodating and it's just yourself. But when it comes time to scale, you're not going to be able to over accommodate them in the same way because you're going to have to pay people for their time. And so the service that they used to get when you're over accommodating to them is going to cost much more than it did when you were doing all of the work. So in a sense, when you're over accommodating your client, you're getting them used to receiving a service for way less or even a product way less than what it truly is. Another reason or a boundary um, that you could put in place that is grounds for firing a client is maybe the client is just way too difficult. They aren't pleased ever and you find yourself going back for three and four revisions until you finally get to that you know final product or maybe a client wants a service that you don't provide this can be very sticky because maybe you're in this spot where you're like I just want the money or I need the money you need to go in that relationship understanding that you might not like what you actually do and you also need to evaluate can you actually do what you know they are asking or they're requesting of you to do another reason that is grounds for firing a client could be maybe they aren't paying you on time or maybe they aren't paying you quickly enough. When when I say quickly enough, maybe they're not paying you within two weeks. I don't know what your terms of payment are, but maybe they are violating that every single time. You know, there's so many different reasons that we can go into that are grounds for firing a client, but you really have to decide what are the boundaries for you? What are you going to accept and what are you not going to accept? And use that to test 
test or decide whether or not you're going to move forward or not. And if that still has you on the fence, if you're like, I still need a little bit more. Well, I ask myself these questions. Does this relationship help me get closer to my future goals? Will my health improve if I end this relationship? Third, can this relationship be salvaged or adjusted to be mutually beneficial? And number four, is this person just negative? Are they just a truly negative person or is it me? Am I the problem? Then number five, am I bringing my very best work to this client relationship? If not, why? So then I round it out by the last question. I asked myself this last question when I'm in a season of transition or I'm considering shifting my services, my offerings, or I'm scaling back, or maybe I'm adding more. I asked myself, is this client do they fit into the larger picture of where I'm going in the future? And those questions really kind of hit the nail on the head for me. Like if I'm still wavering on, you know, maybe some of the boundaries have been crossed in terms of like what is applicable for firing a client and maybe I'm just still waffling, then I'll ask myself those questions. And usually by then I'm just like, you know what? Okay. Either I'm in a full yes, it's time to fire or I am in a full body no where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I need to go back to the drawing boards and we need to figure out how we can make this work. But I was definitely in, I guess, this season where I had to kind of fire some clients and it wasn't necessarily anything that was wrong with them. But really, I was just shifting away from an industry that I got started in, which was social media marketing. And even though I knew starting over meant almost starting from completely from scratch. I knew that I had to do it because it just did not feed. I I don't want to say feed me, but it was no longer a passion of mine to do nothing but social media marketing every day, all day. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't want to necessarily completely exit from that industry, but I knew in my heart that I had to make that exit. And so I kind of went through this process that I'm going to share with you today of how to kind of break up with clients. And I just was kind of honest with the path that I was going in. The steps that I'm going to go over, I will, you know, you know, I just got to add in a disclaimer, but the steps that I'm going over today on how to break up with a client, it really comes down to client relationships that are with routine work or they're project based or they're retainer based, or maybe it's for a course or mastermind or experience or something like that. And I I say that because there's more leeway on those type of relationships. It's when you get into industries like law and finance, when you're dealing with people's money and contracts, where things get a little bit sticky. So I'm really going to be again, reviewing the step-by-step of how to break up with a client with those two types of clients, which is one, recurring and project and retainer clients, and then two, course mastermind and experience-based clients. For my product-based businesses, these steps will apply if you have a subscription-styled product offering, but for, you know, other things that are more one-off purchases, this is why it's very important to have a terms of sale and a terms of use or a terms of service on your website and when someone is purchasing a product of yours. Not only that, I don't want my service, you know, if you are a service provider or you're an experienced provider, make sure that you contract and legal everything up. Like it just doesn't go for your, the product-based businesses. It goes for you as a service provider as well. You want to make sure that you protect yourself because bad clients are the reason why you need those contracts. People are petty and you want to make sure that you and your business 
are protected in case someone tries to jump stupid. Um, all right, so let's get into these steps. So the first step for my recurring project and retainer-based clients is it's not you, it's me. This step is all about figuring out the why you need to change that you'll share with them. Because yeah, it might really be them, but you don't want to say that. So in this step, you figure out what is the correct political response or politically correct response that I'm going to share with them so that I take the focus off of them and put it on myself. Now, I know that yes, in certain situations, this isn't avoidable, but this is generally true for most situations. I know there's some crazy people out there, but here are a couple just in case you need a couple of reasons to write down that you'll share with them. Here's a couple. So number one, you can say that there was a change in your personal life or there's an upcoming change in your business life. Number two, you can say that you have new goals and you're going in a new direction for your business. And so you are moving away from the particular niche that you're in and you're going to be exploring new opportunities. So you're making a transition. All right. So number three, you can also say that you're changing your business model to to accommodate new opportunities or you just say you're changing your business model or something like that. All right, and number four, you also can say that you are reducing your workload due to overwhelm because of X, Y, and Z. Or maybe you just don't even say X, Y, and Z. Just say that you are reducing your workload to make room for something else. Now, depending on your relationship with this client or with that client, you can be honest with them. You can be as honest with them as you'd like to be. But, and I do really say, but, <laughs> um, use caution. Some people just don't like to be told about themselves. So really just use caution in those circumstances and use your gut. But I think when it comes to money, some people just don't like to be told the truth, especially coming from a person that they are paying for a service, even if it's true and even if you have an existing relationship before. The main goal of this step is really just you want to end the client relationship in such a way that they will still speak positively about you. You know, all it takes is one petty or messy person to try to make a scene or cause something to happen. And you just want to try to avoid that when possible. Not saying it's completely avoidable because again, people are big petty, but just do everything that you possibly can and God will handle the rest. So for step number two, I think we're on is write an outline. Okay. If you're like me, I often get my foot stuck in my mouth more times than I'd like to say. And it's not necessarily because I'm trying to be malicious or I'm trying to say something. I just sometimes will just talk and not realize, oh crap, you should have kept that to yourself or I might not have meant something in a particular way. You know, so having an outline is necessary for me. In my notes, I usually will include the reason why I decided to share, you know, like that we went over in step one. Then I also make sure that I include a plan moving forward, which includes recommendations, a transition plan, and and or <laughs> referrals. So I do this to help make the transition easier. Recommendations and referral helps or referrals help clients feel like you still care about the success of their business and the continuity of services. So providing this plan 
like moving forward just kind of reassures them that you're not leaving them on their own. Step number three is really all about setting the scene. So the first thing you should do is set a breakup date and then set a meeting with your client. My preferred method of meeting is usually via video chat. Sometimes it's a phone call, but I always say when breaking up with someone, it's best to either meet them in person or via Zoom, like a video conference. I know that's not always possible, but the second is a phone call and then after that would be an email. You really want to break up with someone so that they can hear your voice or in a method where they can hear your voice because text can be interpreted in so many different ways and you want to make sure that they aren't interpreting it in a way that you don't want them to. So in this step, you want to make sure that when you're setting your date, you want to give them enough notice. So like letting them know ahead of time or letting them know that you're not going to renew the contract. So maybe this is two weeks ahead of time. Maybe this is three weeks ahead of time or four. Also, it really just depends on your service agreement. What is stated in your service agreement about when you can end a relationship? And then I know another, I guess, determining factor could be if it's a project, maybe you just have to finish out the project and it's not necessarily a recurring situation where, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Maybe you just have to finish it out and say, I am not going to just, you know, move forward. Maybe you won't even have to have this whole breakup situation. Um, This step really, really helps you avoid burning that bridge because it gives them time to interview and find your replacement. And then it also gives you time, if you so choose, to create transition documents for the next person. And that does go a long way. Now it is time intensive, but creating transition documents not only helps you with that client, but it also helps you with the other person that's coming in because you just you just never know how God will use people to open up doors for you. I can't tell you like how many times someone has come in through like come through for me through a referral or through a reference um even though they might not be a current client of mine. So you just really never know. Step 4 is kind of the simple one. You just have the conversation and in step 5 you follow up with the email. Again, People are petty, so there needs to be some type of written record of what happened, what was said, and what was agreed upon. So the how and how it's kind of different for my course or mastermind or experience people, if you fall into that bucket, step one is the same. It's still, it's not you, it's me. You're focusing on yourself, not necessarily putting the blame on them, even if the blame is them. Step number two is pretty much the same, except this is where you're outlining your email template, right? So it's kind of different when you have a course or a mastermind, because if it's live, it's not like you are maybe meeting with them one-on-one, or maybe you do have a one-on-one component and it looks a little bit differently. But really, you might just need an email in this circumstance. It really just depends on how your service is outlined. And that is actually a really good segue for step number three, which is have the conversation. You know, again, since you aren't really providing a service, your step three looks a little bit differently. Yes, you still have to set the scene, but this is more on the conversation piece. Again, maybe you just have that conversation via email. Maybe you don't meet one-on-one or maybe you just pick up the phone. I don't know what your you know capacity load is, but I am just a big advocate of doing these conversations, having these conversations in a format where they can hear your voice so they can hear the tone along with the words that you're saying. So 
So if you have maybe like a one-on-one component to your experience, maybe it is appropriate for you to set up a quick 10-minute video meeting. Or if it isn't, consider recording, you know, a video or audio that you can send along with your email using your breakup script. You know, these situations can just be a little bit tricky, but you just want to make sure that you're giving your client enough notice so that they're not dropping a whole lot of non-refundable money, right? On a ticket, on a hotel, on things like that. And then step four is the same. You want to make sure that you're following up via email because you want to have a written record in case someone decides to jump stupid of what was agreed upon and what was discussed during the call, just so everyone is on the same page. You know, at the end of the day, these conversations are never easy, but I do want you to take away a couple of things from what we talked about today. Number one, your peace of mind matters. And if you know within your heart of hearts that you don't need to move forward, then don't move forward. In the relationship amicably, but keep it pushing. Number two, get contracts for every single business relationship that you can. Have a terms of service or a terms of sale when a contract might not necessarily be necessary, but you need to have something in writing that explains what you're providing, what they're paying for, and all of the terms around that. Number three, close the door, but leave a window open. You never know who you might need in the future. So you always want to be very careful about how you break up with somebody, right? You never know that the opportunity that they might open up for you because they, you know, you no longer, you know, provide a service that, you know, they need, but maybe they know someone who needs the service that you're going to now be providing. You just never know. So try not to burn bridges. Sometimes those bridges can't be avoidable and they need to go up in flames, but yeah. Um, number four is you can always say no. When a newer existing client, you know, approaches you about a project, just get all the details. Take a minute to assess and decide whether or not you're excited about the project. You know, if you find you're saying, you know, well, I guess I can do that. Or, you know, because it's you or something like that, really consider saying no, because you can avoid this whole breakup situation if you say no at the beginning. And if an old client, you know, comes to you and you did not work well together or they weren't paying you on time or whatever the case might be, and they are approaching you about a new project, strongly consider saying no. I really hope that this episode was helpful for you. These are some of the things that I've learned, I've implemented, and I wish I would have known when I first got started um, and avoid a lot of awkward situations. So I hope you're able to implement this and avoid burning bridges in your client relationships. For more information about this week's podcast episode, head on over to thebusybiz.com slash episode 34. It's time to build the business of your dreams. Let's get to work.